Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. right now over me. Um, If you've never been here before, I just want to say welcome. (laughs) Um, And I want to explain to you that the reason we worship so wildly is because God is with us. (laughs) He's in the room and he lives in us. And he has been so faithful to us. There are so many stories in this room of deliverance, of healing, of being completely transformed by encountering the person of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so present right now. I feel Him so strongly. And if you're like, yeah, I feel something, I just don't know what that is. feels really nice. That's God. (laughs) And he loves you. And everything that we were worshiping, speaking, is true for you. He wants you. He desires you. He will never stop chasing after you. He will never leave you alone. His love is absolutely jealous to completely consume you and have all of you. So I pray today that your ears would be open and that your hearts would not be hardened, but that you would receive the word. Not what I speak, but the word. That you would receive Jesus Christ into your life. I promise you will never be the same. The fear of the Lord, I feel like, is on me because I can't believe that what God has spoken to me in my life has come to pass. <laughs> I was a bartender. <laughs> I was stuck in sin. I was an atheist. Johnny doesn't believe that exists, but I was a real atheist. <laughs> what I mean by that is I wasn't angry at God. I didn't think anybody believed in God. I grew up Catholic, so I just thought it was a place where people went and hung out and then left and sinned so how could it be real if nobody actually lived what they were saying was true um but I suppose there was a seed planted in that place (laughs) and at 26 years old in the midst of the deepest darkest sin God came to me and uh I was just never the same (laughs) and I mean that And he started speaking to me. I didn't receive Jesus um, from someone preaching to me. I received Jesus because the Holy Spirit was in the room and ministering to my heart. And everything I had longed for was given to me in a moment when when I met him, when I encountered him in a room like this. So I just pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you would do that in those who don't know you here, God. That you would meet them in their desire to be loved, in their desire to be seen, to be known, to be special, to be unique, God. Meet them now in their desire to have a father, in their desire to be a part of a community. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lavish yourself on them now in Jesus' name. From the first time that I... um, 
encountered God, I heard his voice. That doesn't mean that I, like, heard him crystal. You know, some people in this room, praise God, like Johnny said, I want to hear him like that. But there was something inside of me. God was speaking inside of me. He was communicating with me. And he was speaking where I would go and what I would do. And literally everything in my life, the major decisions in my life, the major things in my life, even to some of the smallest things in my life, have been based on hearing what he's speaking and then doing them. And I just really felt impressed in my heart to speak to you guys about that today. So we're going to talk about faith. Yeah? Amen? (laughs) I think, you know, I have so much written down. (laughs) I've never spoken like this. I've studied this for eight weeks now, and um, I usually, the Lord usually gives me like a prophetic flow of how this is going to go, and I literally, he would not allow me to put it in order. So I'm stepping out in faith right now by just speaking to you. Um, because while I was doing it, I just, I had peace, but at the same time, my flesh was panicking. (laughs) Like, this isn't how we do it, Lord. Um, He's like, we're going to do it like this this time. So I'm just letting him carry me right now. (laughs) But I'm filled with this. Faith. There's a lot of things that hinge on understanding what faith is. A lot of times in um, Christian circles, faith is very obscure. And in fact, when we try to cognitively um, and knowledgeably define it, sometimes you can even be looked at as, like, looked down upon, yeah? But faith is the opposite of that. Faith is concrete. Faith is something that we can taste and touch. There's a substance and there's evidence. Hebrews 11.1. 1. So we're going to chit-chat about that. <laughs> but I do want to read, um, I want to read from you, for you um, Hebrews 10, because I feel like it's the part of what God has given me that he's really highlighting. He highlighted in worship. So let's just go there, Hebrews 10. You know what, let me pray for you before we read this. God, I just pray for ears that hear. We thank you that you have made our ears hear your voice. You have made us to hear. We thank you for soft hearts. We thank you that those who have hardened hearts would be softened by your love and your presence now, God. I thank you for the wisdom and the mind to receive everything that you speak and that no hindrance would come. We bind everything that seeks to kill, steal, and destroy your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, let's go to Hebrews 10, 32, because I feel like this is what the Lord was speaking in worship. It's literally exactly what the Lord was speaking in worship. But recall the former days. Recall the former days. That's exactly what I was just doing. (laughs) He's so faithful. 
Recall what he has done in your life. Recall the testimonies. Recall the times that he has accomplished the very things that he has spoken into your life. Let his testimonies be your counselor. In these times of trouble and trial and righteous suffering, where he has spoken a word to you and you're enduring, remember. Recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with suffering. Okay, I'm just going to keep testifying. (laughs) The pattern in my life was God would speak something and then everything would be turned up into chaos. (laughs) I remember... I can testify this. (laughs) I remember... um, (laughs) I had just been newly saved and, uh, you know, Andrew and I, we really didn't know how to be Christian. (laughs) And we had just had a baby and I was finally going back to work after six weeks of being off and I was a bartender. I had just had a baby and I was going back to work. I had a really good job, a really good bartending job. And uh, I remember coming up the stairs of the subway, and I had been very newly saved, but I would hear God's voice, and I would just do whatever he said, because I didn't know what else to do. Nobody was discipling me. I didn't grow up Christian. Um, So it was just like, okay, hear it, do it, whatever. (laughs) That's the only thing that I knew how to do. And I was coming up the stairs from the subway, and God said, quit your job. We had no finances, (laughs) because I had just not worked for a very long time after having a child and we lived in the city and it was very expensive. So it was very exciting, you know, that I was going to start working again, but I heard the voice of the Lord say, quit your job. So I went in and I said, well, first of all, they all thought I was nuts because they had seen, you know, me get saved and now here I am. So I walk in and I'm like, I have to quit. God said I have to quit. (laughs) And they're all like, you have lost your mind, like literally lost your mind. And, um, I lost the mind of the world, but I gained, <laughs> I gained the mind of Christ. And so I gave, I gave them my notice, and I went home, and I was like, I have no idea, Andrew, why, but um, I quit my job because I felt like God said I quit my job. I didn't know about getting the blessing of my husband at that time yet. <laughs> uh, so maybe God designed it that way in that moment. I guess <laughs> he would have been like, ah. Within the next two months... Um, Andrew ended up through a series of God speaking and us moving and also a series of Andrew doing bad things. (laughs) He ended up going to Teen Challenge and I ended up moving back into my home with my family. But just to show you that God speaks and then there's this process of straight, you know, what's going on? You don't know why, but I'll tell you, if that never happened, we'd never be here. And it's just been the most beautiful adventure with God. When he speaks and you obey, it's an adventure. It's a beautiful life. It's so, um, it's literally life because there's life in his voice, right? So when you do what his voice is saying, you can't help but live. It's, it's really what you're designed for and made for. Anyway, okay, back to this. Here we go. Um, Hebrews 10, where are we? 32. Oh, we're still there. Hallelujah. Just wave your hand when we're done. Okay. And I'll stop. Okay. But recall the former days when you, after you were enlightened, 
you endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully, you joyfully accepted plunder of your property, since you knew you yourselves had a better possession, an abiding one. This is the first love. When we get caught up in the presence of the Lord, when we absolutely get consumed with his voice, it allows us to endure through the process. It allows us to have joy through the process. Just like Johnny said, we have God. We have the very thing that all the promises are unto anyway. He is everything. He is the prize. His present presence with us right now. That's why we worship like we do. (laughs) That's why we love like we do. That's why we have peace that surpasses understanding. It's not because we're just like living in some la-la land. It's because God is with us. He's in us. Remember that. He is your first love. Oh, okay. Therefore, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. So remember your past testimonies and gain some confidence in the things that have yet to come. Amen? There's a great reward. We're going to go into that. Because God is gifter, but he's also a rewarder. Get comfortable with it. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. (laughs) For yet a little while... The coming one will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. What is righteousness? Being as one ought to be. You are righteous, so live as you ought to live, by faith, by the very word of God, by the very things that he is speaking to you. If he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We must live in faith and remain in faith. Because the pleasure of the Lord is at stake. I want to please my God. We've talked about this several times. I've talked about it several times. It's just the core of my message. I know that God loves us so much and I receive that. But I want to love him back. I want this house to love him back. I want his pleasure to exist over us. I want him to just delight in our sacrifice. I want this to be a house of living sacrifices unto him, that his pleasure would just be raining down, that there would just be this love exchange, that yes, he's pouring out to us, but we're pouring back to him everything that he has given us. But we are not of those who shrink back, woo, and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Amen? Amen. So let's go into faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things yet seen. Yes? Did I do that right? Amen. Substance. This is really the only definition, the clear definition that we have of faith in Scripture. And yet it's so elusive, right? Unless you spend a 
weeks studying it. And then, well, I shouldn't say that. Unless you spend eight weeks studying what a lot of people have studied for their whole life. Yeah. And it becomes really clear that there's a common understanding of what faith is, and it's concrete. So the substance, the word for that in the Greek, literally means the opposite of hypothesis. Do you know what a hypothesis is? It's an educated guess. So the substance is the opposite. It's something absolutely concrete. But it's the substance of things hoped for. So it's something tangible, yet not fully realized and actualized. The fullness of it has yet to come. Does that sound like something? The very present presence of God is the substance of the things yet hoped for. His, his presence here is the evidence. His presence is the substance of faith. Because here's the thing about faith. God authors faith. Okay? God is the one that authors faith. Substance, evidence. He's authoring faith. Evidence. That evidence is something that you can bring into court. That's the word. That's what that word means. It's something that you can literally bring into court for conviction. So, bear with me. There's two parts of faith. Substance and evidence. Substance is God's part, but he speaks he speaks his voice, and we're going to go into that. He authors the faith. The evidence is filled with him, his Holy Spirit, but it's your choice. The evidence is your life. So if I really have faith, my life will evidence the word of God. Not just scripture, and we'll go into that, but the very speaking word of God. <clears throat> we, we're going to see this in Hebrews. We're going to see this in the life of Jesus. Substance, presence of God, the very words of God, evidence, our lives filled with the work of God. Because although, look, our, our part is simply surrender. We accept what he says. We believe it, and we respond in action. Every part along the way is filled with him. Do you understand? He authors it. He perfects it. You simply say, yes, I'll do it. So he's so awesome and he's so faithful. But today I want to encourage you. I want to stir you to good works. Amen? I want to stir you up to remain faithful in the middle of the storm or before the storm, if you're building the boat right now and you're like, there's no rain, but God said, I just want to encourage your heart to continue in good works through faith and patience, like Andrew preached last week, through faith and patience, we're hitting on faith. That is how you inherit the promises of God. Amen? Okay, <laughs> awesome. So let's just talk... Um, A little bit about what faith is not, again, because I have this beautiful quote from Sam Storms. Faith is not believing in your heart. I see you. 
Faith is not believing in your heart what your mind otherwise tells you isn't true. Faith is not trusting in something for which there are no facts. Faith is not an existential blind leap into the dark. Faith is not putting your trust in something about whom you know nothing. Faith is not the opposite of knowledge. Faith is not the enemy of reason. Faith is not the antithesis of scientific endeavor. Faith is not believing in something that runs counter to obvious and incontrivable evidence. Faith is not superstition. Faith is not a positive mental attitude. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not a creative power that brings into existence that otherwise wouldn't exist, like Santa Claus. Right? It's like Christmas spirit, Santa will exist. The Holy Spirit exists. Shane. <laughs> Shane gave, gave this revelation out one morning at a prayer service, and uh, Andrew came home like, whoa. God exists. Our faith doesn't make him exist. God is healer. Our faith doesn't make him healer. Faith is not a weapon through which we get God to do things for us that he otherwise wouldn't do. Faith is rooted and grounded in a justified trust that is based on that which already exists. Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth, yes? Was he actually slain? There was a time where it came to pass. But God spoke it. Everything that God's word speaks, when he speaks, comes to pass. Do you understand that? Everything that he speaks comes to pass. All you need to do, it's crazy, the responsibility and the beauty of the intimacy that God desires with his people in this is so beautiful because he says to the mountain, move, and they move. He says to the sea, no further, and the sea goes no further. But he says to you, come to me. And he gives you the choice. Because he loves you so much and desires your response and your real, true love and your faith and your understanding of who he is. He wants a relationship with you. We've said this before. Um, Religion, people say often, like especially when we go out evangelizing, we say, well, you know, we don't believe in religion. We believe in relationship. But relationship raises the bar. Religion's easy. Religion's really easy. Relationship raises the bar. To care for somebody who cares for you is a big deal. So, back to what I was speaking. <laughs> anyway, sorry guys. Um, so yeah, let's go into faith, uh, substance. Faith comes by hearing. This is um, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. We're in the substance now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Maybe some of you guys know this, but before Jesus had a body, he was the word. I, I said this in my discipleship group, and they were like, what? This is, this is um, the scripture. It's the words of God, but he was the word, and the word became flesh. Yes? So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. There's two words in the Greek for the word. One is logos. Have you heard this before? Shake your head if you've heard this. Yes. One is logos and one is rima. 
Logos is the written scripture. It's immovable. It cannot be changed. Rima is the voice of God, the speaking voice of God. So faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The speaking voice of God. So this kind of goes in line with everything that we've been talking about continually. Continualizationism. Yeah, continuationism. My goodness. I'm smart. Getting there. Um, <laughs> we have to hear the, the words of God. And the thing is, even people who might have said, I don't believe that God speaks anymore. If they've come to God, they heard him speak. It's impossible to have faith without hearing God's word, without him authoring that faith in the first place. And it comes only by hearing the very voice of God. So here's, here's um, something that's really important for you to know, is that the scripture alone does not bring faith. Don't stone me. <laughs> the letter kills if it has no spirit. It will bring you to an absolute place of desperation because you can't accomplish it on your own. But when the spirit speaks, and the spirit quite often speaks through the word of God to me, but the spirit speaks while I'm driving down the street. Now the spirit of God and his voice is bound by the logos, meaning it will never speak something outside of what the scripture says, but it brings into time the very logos. The voice of God brings into time the logos word, meaning if you know this scripture, you understand that there's times where it seems like it might conflict, but the Rima word will tell you when and how to use the very words of God in logos into your life right now. Am I making sense to you guys? Just shake your head. Good. Okay, so let's, um, let's go into um, Matthew 4.11 really, really quickly. What time is it? Oh, I'm good. We got like two hours left. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The temptation of Jesus. <clears throat> you like that? The temptation of Jesus. Jesus was led into the wilderness after his baptism. Then Satan came and tempted him. Four, three. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Do you know what that's from? Scripture. He was tempting him with Scripture. He was tempting him with creating manna in the wilderness. Just as God had done with the Israelites, he was tempting him to do it again. And what does God say here? Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus knew exactly what to respond because he was listening for the Rima word of God to hear what the father was speaking because he only does what the father is speaking, right? So he's not just taking some, some scripture and just applying it randomly in his life. 
he's hearing the active voice of God and he's speaking back to the enemy. This is why we need the active speaking voice of God to have faith to stand on what God is speaking into our lives. We need to know there, there's a difference, there's a time, there's a place to pull the logos into the here and the now and God's voice is authoring faith for those things if we're listening. Do you understand? Okay, good. Um, then the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So he, he quoted Psalm 91. The devil quoted to Jesus Psalm 91. It's mind-blowing. Jesus said, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus knew in that moment what from the logos to pull into the now because he only did what he heard the father doing. It's so important that you guys understand the difference, that we understand the difference, that I understand the difference, that I'm not just abstractly pulling something into now that God has not authored faith for but on the opposite side, that when he does speak it, nothing can stop it because it's so filled with him that what he speaks comes to pass because he literally spoke and the mountains, you know, they, they just appeared. He spoke and the earth came about. He spoke and the heavens were created. So when he speaks something, it has the power. It literally has the power to accomplish what is spoken. Yes? Yep. Amen. Okay. I think we need a message on how to hear God. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think that that'd be a great word soon, um, how to hear God. Um, and the last one, again, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. All these things Satan will give him. This is the very promise that the father had given him. It, is, it was Jesus's. God spoke that to him. But the devil was tempting him to pre-apply what the scripture, what God was speaking to him. We have to know the voice of God. So we do not pre-apply or misapply what God is saying. Yes? Awesome. Here's another awesome quote. And also, this is really important. Jesus' responses do not devalue the word. Instead, they pull them into context of relationship with God. Religion is void of relationship. Relationship requires hearing. Relationship requires response. Yes? Rima takes the eternal logos and interjects it into time. Rima takes the heavenly logos and brings it down to earth. Rima takes the potential logos and makes it actual. Rima takes the general logos and makes it specific. Rima takes a portion of the total logos and presents it in a form that a man can assimilate. This is the connection between um, his authoring and our response. 
Faith is based on the one who is speaking, though. Their nature, what they provide, how good their word is. And he's really faithful. And when we understand this, we can take a lot more risks. When we hear him speak, we're not afraid to step out. You guys, we have a natural faith. His, what he authors is supernatural. We have a natural faith. I can put my faith in the government, and then I make choices from that place. I could put my faith in money, and then I make choices from that place. This is, this is where you have a choice. You have a will. You have a natural faith that needs to partner with God's supernatural faith. And that really comes by understanding who he is how faithful he is to bring about what he speaks over your life. And he is able to accomplish what he is speaking over your life. Make the choice. Serve him. Obey. Let evidence come. So the response, or I call it faith works. <laughs> not saving works. You're not saving yourself, just to put that out there. <laughs> it's really important. Is that this... These acts are a response to what he has done. Okay? So you can't earn your salvation. He did it. It's your acceptance. But true faith will be evidenced by works. Ephesians 2.8 says, <clears throat> 2, 8 through 10 says, And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're saved by grace. But true faith will produce a work. James 2, 14 and 17. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Sometimes I have a really big burden for people in the church who have been told just simply say a prayer and you'll be fine. And then they just go about living their life and they're in bondage. God knows if they're actually saved, if they actually have faith. But I just want to encourage you that saving faith has a work, and it's a good work. And there is twofold. Some of them might not be saved, but some of them might be saved and living in complete bondage. And that makes me so mad, because Jesus is worthy of what he paid for. And that is a life of freedom and a testimony, a testimony of a righteous people, a testimony of a people who have a Lord and on the other hand, it breaks my heart for the people who are not obeying that voice because they've never been told they need to. They've never been told what that voice brings into their life. It brings life. It brings adventure. It makes your bones satisfied when you do what God speaks. 
It makes your head have the ability to hit the pillow and sleep in peace. It makes you have the ability to have joy in any circumstance. So if anybody has ever told you, don't worry, don't worry about what you're doing, that is not true. If God is speaking something to you, he is speaking that for his testimony and for your freedom. He is speaking that to produce good fruit in your life. He is speaking that to satisfy every longing of your heart. He's, he's, he's not trying to take things away from you. Quite the contrary. He's trying to inter- inject you with life. He's trying to give you everything that you were made to have. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's dead, guys. It's dead. It's more than raise your hand and say this prayer. It's so much more. It's a life. It's a life and it's a man that you follow. Even... In the West, we think of it as a cognitive belief in what Jesus has. We, we say, yes, I agree. I agree with that. I agree that Jesus was a real man and that he really died on a cross and that he really raised from the grave and that he really ascended. He really poured out his spirit. I agree with that, except there's an issue with that. Even the demons believe and they shudder. They have a measure of fear. Real faith means that we believe that he is our Lord, he is our God, and we would serve him as such. If he is who he says he is, if my heart really understands that, it's going to produce a fruit, it's going to produce a work, my life cannot look and stay the same any longer. If he is Lord, then he is Lord of me. We are the only part of creation that has free will in this. Because he loves you and desires you so dearly and desperately. Receive, accept, and respond. Hebrews 11.8. Let's go to 6, Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So although he gifts the faith, we're going to see that the reward The benefit of what he has authored comes through obeying what he has spoken. He is authoring faith throughout the whole world right now for salvation, that none should perish. But the reward comes when I say, I believe you and I will follow you. He is authoring faith in your life for certain freedoms, for certain promises. And he's saying, 
Whatever he's saying, do this, don't do this. The power is in doing it and not doing it. The reward is in the response. The reward is in the response. Some of us are saying, Lord, deliver me from this. Lord, deliver me from that. He's saying, okay, stop doing this. And you're like, Lord, deliver me from this. And he's authoring faith for you to stop. He's literally authoring faith for you to stop with this very word over your life. And you're hearing it in your life. Yeah, but, and I'm speaking to myself, guys. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to myself. There's power in receiving those words and responding to them. I'm a mom of four, pastoring the church. God called me into um, seminary, into my master's degree. And he needed to really, like, he threw me on the ground for the first time, the presence of the Lord. I, I was like, that would never happen to me. <laughs> I'm just dancing. Love him. Out, cold. Not cold. I was screaming because he was killing me. <laughs> And three years later, it took three years, he started saying, you know what I said, 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 you know what I said. And I'm like, I could never do that. 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 Then he spoke something really specific to me. And it was in that moment, I had to make a choice how I was going to live. <laughs> He, he called me into something that I never thought I'd be able to do in it, just a, a, a small season. And I said yes, and for an extended amount of time, <laughs> I fasted. And the whole, the whole thing, the whole point of it was that he asked me to fast that amount of time, and I said no. I said the only way that I'll do that is if it's the day before I start school. So I started counting the calendar. And as I'm counting the calendar, I'm like getting so desperate. Oh, God. And I get the, the, the day before, and it was the day before that it ended. And all I can tell you guys is that if God speaks it, he will sustain it. And like every, and it's not easy. It's not easy. Sometimes when I'm up until 12 a.m. and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I do by saying yes? And Andrew's like, are you okay? Are you going to die? And I'm like, I might die. I think I'm dying, but I'm okay. But I wake up in the morning and I say, I was made for this. I was made for this. God, fill me. I was made for this. I was made for this. I was made for this. And you get refreshed by like speaking. The, the, if God spoke it, if God spoke it, he will bring it to pass. All you need to do is submit to what he has spoken and know that you are righteous by faith. You are walking as you ought to be when you make the choices based on the Rima word, what he has spoken to you in your life. Yes? And he will fill it with him. He will do it as you submit to him. Let's go back here. He is a rewarder. And he's not just rewarding. I'll just say this. I'm sorry I'm testifying a lot. I did not plan to do that, but that's okay. He... Uh, he He's not only rewarding with accomplishing these things in your life, but he's rewarding you with himself, with a greater dependency. He desires to take us to places that we cannot sustain ourselves. Yet we stay here on the boat and he's like, come, come. Come out here. Peter didn't just walk on the water because he had heard a story from the Old Testament where somebody walked on the water. 
God said, come. Jesus said, come. And he stepped out. And I feel like Jesus has authored faith. God has authored faith for a lot of things in this room. And even if you're sinking, because obviously somebody's sinking because of worship, I'm just here to remind you that he is faithful to be able to bring it to fulfillment. Just keep crying out to him. The reward is him. The reward is in the stretching. The reward is in the accomplishing of what he has called you to do, which really only brings you into deeper faith and trust in him. It really only brings you into greater intimacy, which is everything. Number uh, seven, 11, seven. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. So he was warned. God spoke. In reverent fear, he constructed an ark for the saving of his household. So, in faith, he acted. God spoke, he acted. Yes? By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So he was rewarded greatly. Eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. (laughs) I got so rocked by this this week, sorry. I just felt like this was like a word over the house, honestly. (laughs) And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents, with Isaacs and Jacobs, heirs with him of the same promise. Oh God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that we're gonna see revival. Thank you, Lord, that we're gonna see the harvest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are in inher- we are gonna inherit this land, God, for your kingdom. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you have spoken over this house, God. We will not grow weary. We will continue to go out. We will continue to build, God. <laughs> thank you, God, that there's a peace and a part for everyone. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You have called us into this place. Your voice, you spoke it. You will accomplish it, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. I just feel so much of the Lord right now. He who promised is faithful. He who spoke is able. Don't miss out on the reward. Don't miss out on the reward of obeying his voice. Don't miss out on what he has spoken over your life individually and over this city. You were made for it. You were made for these good works. You were made to respond to the voice of God. You were made to be filled with the ability to walk out what he has called you to do. You were made for this. You were made for this. Faith. 
faith in God's word is expressed in our flesh. It's God's Rima word activated through our reception, acceptance, and obedience. The fullness of faith is God's word incarnate in you. Think about that. God speaks. He fills you with the Holy Spirit. And then he has you accomplish it. It's the word incarnate, the word in flesh. It's literally his words coming to life to the world. It's presenting him to the world through you. A living sacrifice following Jesus. This is what following Jesus looks like. This is what Jesus did. This is what our Lord and Savior did. He laid his life down as a sacrifice. Lay your life down as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice to the word of God, to what he has spoken to you. Mark, can you just put um, anything on? I just want to pray that over you. Some of you, I know your promises, and I see them coming to pass, and I'm so jealous. I can't wait to watch it. Some of you have given them up in the trial, in the hardship, and I felt like this morning God was going to reassure you. (laughs) God has to reassure us. He's so good. He's so long-suffering. He's so faithful. He does it. But I felt like this morning that... God wanted to speak again to the things that you did not grab hold of, that you did not lay hold of in the season that he spoke them. That he would author faith again in your heart. That he would author faith again in your heart.